Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan's going to be a fun one today. Andy Sh- Andy Herman will join us. Talk some Packers football coming up here uh, in about 15 minutes. Looking forward to talking to Andy. He's always a good time. Uh, he put something up uh, a couple days ago, I want to say, and he was comparing the quarterback sa- cornerback salaries of those guys that signed deals in the offseason, comparing Kevin King to some of the other cornerbacks uh, that signed and then the value of uh, what they're giving King versus what some of these other guys are doing and how they're playing. A guy like, say, Casey Hayward uh, and what he's doing uh, currently with the Raiders versus King, who obviously is not playing now with a concussion. It doesn't look like he's going to play this week unless it is doubtful, as Plucker said earlier, uh, in the Wendy's Big Show. So we'll talk with Andy Herman uh, coming up here uh, in about 15 minutes or so. Also... Uh, Going to talk with Lawrence Holmes from 670, the score. Looking forward to talking to him coming up in about one half hour from right now. Now, again, you probably want to say, well, don't play the Bears this week. Ain't playing the Cubs. Why are you having some guy on from Chicago? Well, I'm very intrigued by a lot of what's going on in Chicago, namely this whole situation with their stadium. Uh, because, again, I, I know we're not Bears fans, but this would be like – Maybe Plucker disagrees. This would be like moving Lambo or leaving Lambo and going to Milwaukee. Like, we're not playing in Green Bay anymore. We're going to move to Milwaukee. Or we're not playing in Green Bay anymore. We're going to play in Appleton. We're building a new stadium yeah. in Appleton. I was going to say it'd be like Sheboygan, the Brewers. Whatever. Building, I was going to say it'd be like the Brewers building a stadium in Sheboygan or Oshkosh or so, something. So, funny thing. Um, I, I was talking to the 14-year-old last night, and he was uh, brought up Asante Samuel. And I was like, oh, man, his dad was really good. Oh, yeah, really? When did he play? So we're having this conversation. So that led into the conversation on the way home of, like, you know, what cool people did you get to see play back when you were old, like in the 80s or whatever, right? So 80s and 90s. So I brought up the Michael Jordan thing. I don't know if you're even uh, aware of this or not. I was working at uh, WISN Radio uh, back when this happened. So Jordan is done with the Bulls the second time, right? And he's retired. Done. Gone away. Then comes word that he's going to sign with the Washington Wizards and kind of restart his career. Now, you don't obviously remember any of that, right? You weren't born yet, I'm assuming. Were you born? Uh, I think I was very young. Very young, okay. So Jordan has a press conference uh, with the assembled media in D.C. or whatever to talk about coming in uh, to play for the Washington Wizards. And I am uh, in the newsroom at that point uh, recording this thing. Now, (laughs) to give you an idea, Plucker, 
uh, of where we were radio wise. Now everything is done with computers, right? You have audio programs, you record stuff into the computer for recording highlights off TV or recording a caller or recording a show. It all goes into an audio program on the computer. Well, back then I was recording this press conference on a reel to reel machine. That's how the press conference was being recorded. So you still had to sit there, boom, hit it. Uh, and then away you go. So while they were re- asking him questions, up comes a question about Michael Jordan um, possibly becoming owner of the Milwaukee Bucks at one point. And the story goes, uh, the way I believe Jordan put it back in the day was, was that Jordan uh, thought he had a deal with Herb Cole to buy the Milwaukee Bucks, that, that he was going to be the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and then, again, as he tells it, uh, Cole went to sleep, thought on it, woke up, and decided against it. And held on to the team and didn't sell it to Michael Jordan. Held on to it for a bunch of years after that. Uh, and then eventually ended up uh, selling to this ownership group. Now, but as the story goes, as people that are in the know of the know, uh, there are a lot of people that believe Jordan's plan was to build a stadium in Kenosha or Racine to move it out of Milwaukee to attract more people from Northern Illinois to be able to get to those games, uh, also take away from the Bulls fan base, and then people in Milwaukee would still be able to get to the game as well, 20-minute drive, whatever the case may be, uh, and the Bucks would then have been moved to Racine or Kenosha. So similar as to what is happening in Chicago with the Bears moving from Chicago to, say, Arlington Heights, where uh, they are working on closing a deal uh, to buy the Arlington uh, Park racetrack, the horse track, uh, which is now done. This was their last season. Uh, so they're under contract, I believe, until like 2033 or something crazy like that. But there's also been rumblings of putting a retractable roof on this new stadium uh, for the Chicago Bears as well. Now, I, I, I'm not going to speak for the Hallis family or the McCaskies or whatever else. But man, I just cannot imagine George Hallis being all right with putting a roof on a stadium. I I can't imagine Vince Lombardi would be okay with putting a roof on Lambeau Field. I I just I can't I can't see how either one of those dudes would be okay with it. Now again, different time, different era, all of that. Rami Makhlouf, who show comes up at three o'clock, coined the term, put a roof on it when he was in uh, Minneapolis at Scored North because they built a stadium after being it stuck in that horrible uh, Metrodome for years. They built Target Field without a roof on it, so now they get rainouts and all this other stuff, and Rami thought it was stupid, and they should have put a roof on it. In this situation here, I will be not heartbroken, just shocked if they put a roof on a stadium in Chicago. I, I would be. Would you be taken aback and shocked a little bit, Plucker, if they put a retractable roof on a new field for the Bears? No. Ugh. Every new stadium that is being built in this area is going to have a roof. What, it's just the way that it is. What makes a home field advantage? Your home field advantage now, Detroit doesn't have it, but your home field advantage now is you get snow, you get the cold, you play in the cold and the snow. I get Tampa Bay to come here, that should be advantage Green Bay. I get New Orleans to come here, that should be advantage Green Bay or Chicago for that matter. You go put a roof on this bad boy, like Indianapolis, like Detroit, like, you know, say Minnesota, then you're just a dome team. You're no different than the Saints or anybody else. Now you're, you have no home field necessarily, right. unless the acoustics are out of this world good and your crowd is out of this world loud. 
you lose that home field advantage. It becomes neutral or maybe advantage other team if they do have a bunch of fast players on that team. You are 100% right in terms of what is happening on the football field. Yes. but It takes away all home the, field. The thing is... The Bears owners aren't worried about that. They're trying to make as much money as they can. They're going to sell out regardless. We, we well, it's the NFL. What we had talked about. I remember when this first kind of thing was proposed. It was a couple months ago, yep. and it was back when the mayor was going back and forth with the mayor team, Lightfoot. saying, "Hey, you need to just beat the Packers." Yada yada yada. Not the and, most beloved I mean, mayor in the history of yeah, Chicago. Either. Well, and and they haven't beat the Packers, so correct. She has a little. She bit took of her a, shot. Yes, exactly. But big sports fan. The thing is, I said it then, and I'll say it now. The Bears can host a Super Bowl. Chicago can host a Super Bowl. That's what this is all no, about. No, 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 no. It is. No. It's about hosting a Super Plucker. Bowl, and it's about bringing in people hey. to make more money, upcharging those ticket prices even I get higher. It. I understand. Because it's going to become a destination you place. People are going to fly out to have. Chicago, make it a weekend, go to a warm game in a dome stadium, a brand new stadium. I mean, right. it, it's exactly what's happening for me in a couple weeks when I'm going out to L.A., like, of course, I'm seeing the Lions play the Rams. And family and friends. But, and family and friends. But right. I also want to see SoFi Stadium, the brand spanking new right. stadium out there. And, and that's part of what the draw was for me going out there. The same thing is going to be true for when they build this stadium outside so, of Chicago. Th- this is the thing. First of all, I, I don't want to hear any excuses about why Chicago can't host a Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't. They put a Super Bowl in New York in the snow. It was a snow globe Super Bowl. It was awesome. They packed it. They packed Chicago. If they put a Super Bowl in Chicago, either in that spaceship cigarette dish or whatever you want to call it at Soldier Field, if you want to do that, I don't see any reason why they can't. You put one in New York, you can't come at me with, well, cold weather. Well, you gave one to them. Hotel space. That's the knock on why Lambo would never get one because they don't have enough hotel rooms and everything else. Well, that's not a problem for the city of Chicago. That's not an issue. Now you've moved away from the city of Chicago to go out to Arlington Heights. So now, again, you're close enough to Chicago where you'll say, well, people can stay in Chicago, make the 15, 20-minute drive, whatever it is, uh, to Arlington Heights in order to use that for a Super Bowl. But the whole have to have a roof on it and it has to be beautiful, whatever else, I don't know. To me, that all goes out the window as soon as you have the Super Bowl in New York. And... Now, maybe they had the Super Bowl in New York, they had the snow and everything else, and they said, yeah, no, never going to do it again. Do you know who complained the most about that Super Bowl? The writers. The media. That's who complained the most. Those were the people complaining the most about having to go cover that Super Bowl. Because, like everything else, if you're in the media, you want to go somewhere warm, especially if it's not your team, right? You're going to the Super Bowl because it's the biggest game of the year, so you get to go. You cover the Packers, but they still send you to go cover the Super Bowl between the Buccaneers and the Chiefs, let's say. Fine. Well, you're leaving Green Bay. You don't want to leave Green Bay to go do this and then go to another cold weather climate and cover it in snow. You want it to be in Florida, sun, warmth, maybe a little bit of a break vacation for you, or Arizona, wherever. Those are the people that complain the most were those people. I promise you, those people that were at that Super Bowl in New York loved it if they were sitting in the seats. Loved it. Because, first of all, there might have been some warm weather people there never been in snow in their lives. And there it is. Boom. Right there. And, and it's the only Super Bowl that I know of that's had snow in it. Right? Am I wrong? I'm pretty sure. Probably. It's the, the prob- only Super Bowl where we've had snow in a Super Bowl. 
That was a historic type game. Modernish era. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a historic type game that you got to be a part of. If you had a roof on that stadium, none of that happens. It's just another game. Nobody remembers that Super Bowl. That's one Super Bowl. It's the only one they've allowed. Out of the last what twenty years, oh, where yeah. they've been, it's been put in outdoor they've game. Never, in the cold. yeah, they've never allowed it to be played in the snow. They've allowed it to be played outdoors in say Miami and have it be pouring rain at a halftime show or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've allowed that. And for me, I don't know about you, I'd much rather sit in a football game with snow coming down like that. Not wind. I'm not a big fan of wind and snow, but snow just falling from the sky. I'll sit in that all day versus sitting at a game with rain coming down on me any day of the week. I'd much rather sit in snow than sit in rain coming down. I'm probably the same way. Maybe I'm weird about that, but I'd much rather sit in in a nice little snowfall coming down. Like that's to me, it's peaceful. There ain't nothing good about rain. I other than you know makes everything green and grows food and so forth. I truly believe that's why they're putting a retractable roof is because or a roof just in general making it a dome. It's it's all about having the possibility of hosting. I'm sure you're right. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you at all on that. I'm just saying. For for me, I, I don't know. We'll see what Lawrence Holmes thinks. He, he comes up here in about uh, 17 minutes from right now, from 670 to the score. We'll see where he lies on this side of things. Quickly, before we get to Andy Herman, I got to touch on this because it's something that is driving me nuts. Ben Simmons is driving me nuts. I do these hits on Hot 1057 um, at 6 o'clock, uh, like 610, 611, um, during the week with GA. And he and I... Don't do it every day on the air, but we pre-record and then we, you know he plays it back. We always, almost every day this week, there's been some type of Ben Simmons topic that we've talked about, either on the air or off the air. Now, the latest thing on him is, Sham Sharani says the 76ers are not paying Ben Simmons his $8.25 million payment today as the three-time All-Star way to trade. Simmons still is not showing up to Philadelphia and has understood the ramifications of his holdout. Fine. Let's take it a step farther, shall we? Yesterday, this tweet comes out, um, and Instagram post or whatever you want to call it, from Sixers.mania on Instagram on uh, Twitter. It's at PHL Sixers Nation. The tweet says, quote tweet says, he thinks this is funny. Like Joel said, he's hurting his teammates' careers and he doesn't care. The post was that he liked uh, via Bobby Marks of ESPN. What could Ben Simmons be facing in fines? Missed media day, that's 50 grand. One practice, 2,500. The second practice, 5,000. The third practice, 7,500. 7,500. Practice four and beyond, up to 50,000. Uh, exhibition and regular season games, total of 20. 227,000 per game. Regular season games, 21 to 82, $300,000. Ben Simmons liked it. Liked the post. I don't get it. Like I, I tend to agree with Joel Embiid on this whole thing. Like you're, com- and I don't like Embiid at all. He is totally screwing over everybody. And then the other thing that came out the other day was it hoops hype? Somebody came out and said that Simmons wants to go somewhere where he can be the centerpiece of the offense and have the offense built around him. You're nuts. Let me just, you're nuts. You're not Durant. You're not LeBron. You're definitely not Giannis. You're none of those dudes. Nobody's building an offense around you. You can't shoot. Why the world would anybody trade for you to build an offense around you? You want to know why you're not being traded? Because nobody thinks you're as good as you think you are. And you're definitely not worth the money they're paying you. That's why you can't be traded at this point. The Sixers 
are trying to trade him to get equal compensation to what they're paying him. I get what Daryl Morey's doing. I get it. Rich Paul, which is his agent, Ben Simmons' agent, is trying to desperately get him out of there. The problem is, like I said before, I don't. wherever you put him, I don't know how much better he's really going to make anybody at this point. I don't. Unless it's Minnesota, Cleveland, you know, some bad team. Not even the, I mean, I, the Pistons aren't going to even trade for him. I don't, Pistons have nowhere to play him, right? Because the debate is, is he a point guard or is he a power forward? You know, where, where, where do you play Ben Simmons when he's on the floor? And then in what aspect do you use him? Because that's the big mystery uh, at this point. Oh, that dude drives me nuts. Uh, all right, coming up next, Andy Herman. Oh, man. I can't wait. Lots and lots of fun talk. We're going to talk about this cornerback position, free agents that signed, and how they compare to Kevin King and all that fun stuff. Straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place with linkedin you can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today welcome in on the pick and save football friday it is sparky's midday madness here on 1250 a.m the fan coming up we're gonna talk with andy herman let me remind you, Green Gold Post Game Show presented to you by Lakeland University coming up Sunday after Green Bay takes on Pittsburgh right here on 1250 AM. The fan, Gary Ellerson, Dan Plucker after the game on Sunday. So after that game, you make the switch over here to the fan and uh, dial up Gary uh, and Dan and talk about the uh, Packers and Steelers game. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, 
uh, owner of the Pack-A-Day podcast, and of course, uh, writes for and edits Packer Report as well. He is our guy, Andy Herman. Andy, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you guys having me. Thanks so much. Your tweet the other day uh, stood out to me, and I wanted to get you on. Uh, to talk about the cornerback market that was in free agency, the value that was paid uh, versus the value in which these teams are getting this point compared to, say, uh, a Kevin King. Again, we're only through three weeks. This is week four starting. But as of right now, it doesn't appear the Kevin King deal was a good one so far. Yeah, I think that's probably safe to say. And I don't think at the time the Kevin King deal sounded like a good one. And I think the biggest issue with it is it seemed like they were almost outbidding themselves. If you looked at kind of the corner market at the time, players like Xavier Rhodes, Malcolm Butler, who, to be fair, has since retired, uh, Casey Hayward, now Richard Sherman, Josh Norman, all these type of players received less money than Kevin King did. And it, it's one thing if, you know, A, he played well a season ago and you think he's more valuable than those players, or B, you know, if, if you give him a, a market value deal where, you know, let's say you get him back at two and a half, you know, maybe $3 million, I could see where that makes sense. But outbidding Kevin King for those type of corners who have had success over the last couple of seasons where King really has not always questionable. I think the other two key things is one, it just always felt like it was time for both Kevin King and Green to go in a different direction. It seemed like Kevin King needed new scenery. It seemed like Green Bay, you know, could probably use a different corner. And, you know, obviously they both didn't see it that way and they decided uh, to come back. So that was the other big thing. And then the other one is, is Kevin King's been consistently injured throughout the course of his career. Now, I, I don't put that necessarily on the player. I, I don't think that he's doing anything to, to get injured and whatever, but you know, he's also had that inconsistency. And now, you know, I know it's a, a concussion type issue, but once again, he's missing time. So uh, at, at the time it didn't make sense. And now three weeks in, it, it seems to make even less sense. Can you explain why Casey Hayward went so cheap? It is an interesting dynamic. I know, you know, anytime you get to a certain age in the NFL, teams start valuing you less. You know, obviously, you know, when you're when you're that age and you're not a, you know, massively, you know, athletic player, you know, obviously Casey's very good, but he doesn't have that high-end 40, things like that. You, you ultimately get devalued. You're wondering if those players are going to start to kind of shut down. And I'm sure the other thing that hurt him is that, you know, if, if Brandon Staley, who goes to the, the Chargers, doesn't feel like Casey Hayward's a fit for his defense, then maybe that's telling as well. But he's been amazing for the Raiders so far this year. And, you know, at 2.5 million or 2.25 million right around there, getting less than half of what Kevin King is getting just seems insane right now. And playing 80 more snaps than Kevin King uh, yeah, as well, or maybe even more than that at this point. Uh, the other thing I want to get your thoughts on, because it's been a running topic with some Packer fans. We never got to it on the big show this week. And that is, the amount of attention and throws that Devontae Adams is getting versus the rest of the receiving core. Adams, 25 catches, MVS six, Lazard three, Cobb three. Uh that that is is probably not ideal. A lot of people blame Rodgers for trying to focus in on Devontae Adams uh, in that Tampa Bay NFC championship game last year uh, in the second half of the game, thinking that cost him the game as well. Any concern there for you, Andy? I, I think you know, it's, it's a fair question to ask. I'll go just based on this last game since it's most recent. And that was the one that saw just a ridiculous amount of targets for Devante. Yep. When I look at that game in particular, I didn't see any 
play, maybe, you know, maybe one that I can think of off the top of my head, but at best one where I thought that he was maybe forcing something to Devontae. You know, San Francisco gave Devontae a lot of one-on-one looks, which he hadn't seen earlier in the season. There was no corner on San Francisco that was going to be able to stick with Devontae one-on-one. In most situations, Devontae was the number one read, and in most situations, Devontae was open and was the best option on the play. And I think you know, if you think about it, I'm not saying Devontae's Randy Moss, but if you think of when Green Bay's gone against players like Randy Moss, Julio Jones, I don't think at any point as a Packer fan, you were saying, man, they're, they're just throwing to Randy Moss too much, or man, they're throwing to Julio Jones too much. When, you, when you've got a player that's arguably the best receiver in football, you throw him the ball until the opposing team shows that they can stop it. And San Francisco at no point showed that they could stop Devontae Adams. And I thought that that's when they went back to him. There was one play uh, Devontae, it was on the one of the pass interference calls down the field to Devontae where he didn't really have a chance to catch it and the, the corner kind of hooked him. On the other side of the field, MBS completely smoked his corner on his side of the field and uh, probably would have gone for like a 75-yard touchdown if Rodgers looked his way. Uh, but you still got like a you know big pass interference penalty out of throwing Devontae on the play. So in this game, I don't think there was anything egregious um, at all. I thought it was the right play. Um, we have seen Rodgers get a little Devontae happy in the past, but I don't think you can point to that this season so far. Going into this game uh, against the Steelers on the defensive side of the ball for the Green Bay Packers, I I, I said uh, earlier today, roll off the helmets, I think they blow this team out, mainly because I think they can get to to Big Ben uh, pretty much at will. This Pittsburgh offensive line hasn't run blocked very well. Uh, and from an, a pass protection standpoint, I think the Packers are good enough They've shown it against better offensive linemen the last couple of weeks to get home on the quarterback. I think they should have a field day. I like this matchup for Green Bay quite a bit. Obviously, it's at home. I think they're you know, getting Pittsburgh at a time where they're just not playing very good football right now. Big Ben, his tape last week was a blooper reel at times. Like It was legitimately bad. I do think that Green Bay has advantages against the Steelers' offensive line. Listen, the, the the Packers' defensive front has struggled mightily these first few weeks outside of Kenny Clark. They've also gone, especially at offensive tackle, against Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek week one, Penny Sewell in week two, and then Trent Williams and uh, McGlinchey in week three against the 49ers. That's about as good of uh, a group of offensive tackles that you could possibly face in a three-week period of time. I do think that Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith are going to get a reprieve and see uh, a little bit of an easier matchup uh, on the offensive tackle side of things. So, yeah, there's a lot of things. The only thing that concerns me at all is I do think Pittsburgh is going to be a little bit desperate in this game. They're going to want to, you know, do anything they can uh, to avoid one in three. This is a proud franchise, and they, you know, they were accused of quitting a week ago. So you know, Tomlin's going to have these guys fired up. I think it's going to be a good game, but I do like how this matchup uh, goes for Green Bay. Talk with Andy Herman, and again, check out his stuff. Pack a Day podcast also uh, writes and edits for Packer Report. Follow him on Twitter at Packer Report sixty six. Follow Andy Herman. On Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Andy, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, appreciate it as always, guys. Thanks so much. Take care. There is Andy Herman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. I'm applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. I'm like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at Great Midwest Bank. Com. Coming up, we're going to talk with Lawrence Holmes from 670 The Score. Let's sneak a call in here. John on the South Side, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's going on? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Sure. Um, just uh, on the Kevin King um, point, um, no one seems to be bringing it up. But, yeah, we traded back, got an extra draft choice. Um, but we did not take T.J. Watt, uh, which we're going to be playing against. Um, I have no idea how that happened. Um, I think Ted was – 
in the delusional state, someone should have stepped in and said, no, you're taking T.J. Watt. There are very sure things in the NFL, and they're very few and far between. And he was a sure thing. And how we did not pick him. I mean, Kevin King came out of college hurt, and he's been hurt ever since. Now, that's the Packers' way. They draft hurt guys all the time. I mean, that's nothing I new. Know, They've done it forever. They did, did it with Ted, too. Did Ted ever explain that? Oh, no. I, I asked Ted Thompson straight up. I was at the NFL Combine. Uh, when Ted was there uh, in our little media scrum or whatever else. And I just simply asked him, like, do you guys really closely, you know, pay attention to the injuries in college or is that something you don't worry about uh, once they get to the pro level? And he said that, oh, yeah, yeah, we focus on all of that stuff. We do all of our research and so forth. Well, okay. I mean, they continue to draft hurt guys and guys that continue to get hurt. Mike Neal was hurt all the time in college, got to the pros and was hurt all the time in the pros. Kevin King's another one that was hurt in college. It was has been hurt in the pros nine out of ten times. Maybe not every time. If you've been hurt multiple times in college, odds are you're probably going to end up going down the same road in the NFL. Some guys just get hurt more than others. It just is what it is, and it's it's not that it's their fault. It's not. Some guys just have that type of bad luck that screws them up. Sure. What about this balance though? Too, you would have sold thousands of TJ Watt jerseys. Oh, they don't care about that. The field. They, they, that they never, come, but never they comes. Never comes up. They want a sledding hill. Well, but okay. Well, but again, those are two. Those are <laughs> come on, those. Man. But John, those are two different things, though. You're looking at it from the marketing aspect, the business side versus the on the field football side. That that's yeah. the difference that you were looking at. And the general manager does not care about selling T-shirts unless you have an owner that's butting in on what they want you to do. Then that's different. Thanks for the call. And that happens. God knows we've seen it with the Bucks. Uh, in the past. So, yeah. I mean, if if Murphy, you know, is saying, all right, hey, y'all report to me. I'm, we're going to make this guy right here. We need to sell some tickets. Obviously, the Packers never do. But in Jacksonville, Con, if Con decides, hey, this dude's from Jacksonville, I know maybe he's not the best player, but he's going to sell a ton of tickets, like a Tebow-like player. We're taking him. But, but, but nothing. I sign your checks. You're drafting him. Yeah. And you could have an owner do that. Jerry Jones did what Jerry Jones wanted to do for a number of years. That's why that team has been where it's been. Now, Stephen Jones is kind of running things uh, with McCarthy, and it really hasn't changed all that much. But there is there's some good talent in Dallas for sure. All right, coming up next, we'll check in with Lawrence Holmes from 670 to score. That's straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University Studios, leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. Joining us now, softball superstar Lawrence Holmes from 670 The Score. Uh, What's going on, Lawrence? Sparky, what's happening, man? Man, I did not know you, you you were such an avid softball player. Well, I had retired is what had happened. I had stopped playing softball because I get ridiculously competitive about yes. it. Yes. And I retired probably five or six years ago, and then the team just kind of disintegrated. They pulled me out of retirement, man. It was fun. We made it all the way. We got to play at the 16-inch Hall of Fame out, out in the suburbs of Chicago, and it was terrific. That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, 16-inch, that means you're not playing with gloves, right? Correct. We are playing with the break your finger clincher yep. ball that we we started here in Chicago. Yeah, that's psychotic. But I'm glad you you did it and had a lot of fun. You catch Lawrence Holmes on six seventy the score at noon to two. And of course, CEO of House of L Podcast. That House of L Podcast is really 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 well done. Uh okay, so I, I wanted to bring you on 
mainly to figure out what the heck is going on with this Soldier Field thing. Because I, I think there is a huge tie-in here, and we were talking about it at the start of the show today, about Lambeau and Soldier Field, both historic, both iconic, both had legendary coaches in Lombardi and Hallis and all of that, uh, in trying to wrap my head around the fact of, okay, so Lambeau Field no longer, and we're building a stadium in Appleton or in Sheboygan or something like that. I, I can't wrap my head around it, but I did point out the comparison. I don't know if you remember this back in the day. When Jordan uh, was coming back to play uh, for the Wizards and all of that stuff, and he had mentioned that he had tried to buy the Bucks from Herb Cole, uh, and after a night of sleep, Cole decided to change his mind. But the story goes that he was talking about building a stadium in Racine or Kenosha uh, and moving the Bucks there to draw more people from Northern Illinois and take away some of that Bulls fan base uh, to go watch his team play uh, in Wisconsin, which would have been something similar to what the Bears apparently are going to do down there. I mean, I don't think that's what they're doing. I don't. I, I mean, I know you guys up there want to make it all about you, but I don't think that that's what the goal was. The goal isn't to to take those people that are in the the northern suburbs and flip them from Packers to Bears fans. There's a lot, and once you get out towards Rockford, there's a ton of Packers fans that live there. This is this is simply to me, it's creating more value for the franchise and the limitations of a large city on a historical site. Soldier Field and the Colonnades are historical landmarks. There's not much that can be done with it. And if you look at the renderings that were offered 20 years ago to expand on Soldier Field, this is about the most that they could have done. You have the lake that's on the other side of it. You've got a little bit of space, but nothing like the type of space that they can have out in the suburbs. It's 326 acres. It's the old Arlington racetrack land, and I don't even know if it's if it necessarily means that the Bears are moving. There's a lot to consider here, and I don't mean to get too into the weeds on you, Sparky, but the Bears' ownership is complicated, and it's complicated by the shares that all of the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren have. Virginia McCaskey is getting close to 100 years old. She's still seeing Sprung. No one wants anything to happen to her because, quite honestly, she seems like the only person who gives a damn about this team. But if she does pass away, some of the tax implications of that, I'm not sure that the McCaskies as a family can cover it. The amount that every one of the shareholders would have to pay in, in, a, in, in a tax of, of, of an estate tax. I don't know if they have the green. So their business is football. There aren't any multi-hundreds-of-million or billion-dollar businesses that the McCaskies run outside of it. Their business is the Chicago Bears. So I think that this allows them to do a couple of things. With the money that they spent to buy this parcel of land, and that deal is not closed yet, it allows them to have something very valuable if they want to sell. If At the end of this, if, if Virginia passes away and people don't want to pay the estate tax, they could sell the team, get their money that way, and it's attractive to a new owner because now you have a space of land where you can do whatever you want. You can build whatever it is that you want to build there, whether it's retail or houses, along with the stadium, and try to make it kind of like what the, the, the feel is at Lambeau. Whatever it is that you want to do, you would have that ability. There's just not much that can be done 
in the city. There's no place that the Bears would want to move to that they would want to build a stadium inside of Chicago. And getting Soldier Field up to the, uh, the, the place where other NFL stadiums are going would be impossible. That's what this is about, in my opinion. All right, so I had not heard the angle of them possibly selling this team or the implications of uh, Virginia McCaskey passing away. That I had not heard. So the read on it that that I had on it was simply, I mean, you can just look. Look at the Atlanta Braves. They move out of Atlanta. They go out to the suburbs. We've seen this done before. And the thought process is, well, for Atlanta at least, it was go out to the pro, go out to the suburbs and, and reach more of your core fans. Maybe you were getting in downtown Atlanta or whatever. Uh, this situation here to me, because this lease for the Bears that they have with Soldier Field is to what, like 2033 or something like that? Correct. And they can buy it out after the 2016 for $84 million. So, like, the way that – I don't know, man. The way that it's been – framed over the last couple of days is, oh, well, the Bears are moving to Arlington Heights. The Bears aren't moving anywhere, at least for five years. Right. At least for five years. So there, there wasn't, now there's been a lot of like economic studies, and the fight will begin on funding the stadium, because that's another issue that the McCaskies have that billionaire owners don't have. A guy like Stan Kroenke, for example, might be able to put up his own money. Most don't, Jerry though. Jones, he, even though he didn't have to, he could put up his own money. I can tell you this. There's already legislators. I was reading about it today. There are already Illinois legislators that are like, yo, man, y'all bounce to Arlington Heights. Don't think that you're going to get state funds on this. And Arlington Heights still is in Cook County. And the war for the, the Cook County dollar on this after leaving Chicago is going to be um, interesting, to say the least. And then you have the mayor, who was just on your station the other day, Lori Lightfoot, um, and she's had her ups and downs, maybe more downs than ups, uh, as mayor, and she doesn't sugarcoat anything uh, concerning the Chicago Bears uh, and what is going on with this. Yeah, she's a meatball fan of the Bears. I don't think that there's anything that she could have done to stop this process from going forward. That being said, I think she was the absolute worst person to have negotiating it both privately and publicly. The way that she reacted to the, the stories being put out there about the Bears searching for a place in Arlington Heights was the way a fan would react, not the way that a leader of a city should react. And I, and I know that she was probably trying to harken back to what Richard Daly did back in the 70s, saying, well, if they leave, they can't be the Chicago Bears. And it's just ridiculous because of, of where things stand in sports and how the NFL continues to print money. Her stance on it was, it was like I was taking a call from a caller at the station. And that's not the way that you should be doing business at all. The, but the problems of Soldier Field and the Bears versus the Park District, because the Park District runs Soldier Field, which is another big issue for the Bears. So when there's other revenue that's coming into Soldier Field, whether we're talking about the Rolling Stones or Dave Matthews or Kanye being there for two days right before football season starts. They don't have control of the field, and they don't get the revenue from the other projects that go on there. The Bears want that. They, they see what's happened with Wrigley Field and what the Ricketts have done, 
in Wrigleyville to kind of own everything that is Cubs. Brilliant. This gives them a chance to own everything that is Bears, and they just don't have that possibility staying in Chicago. Talk with Lawrence Holmes. Follow him on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. He is the best. Follow uh, him on Twitter there. Check him out noon to 2 on 670 The Score in Chicago. And of course, that House of L podcast is amazing as well. Uh, I, I want to talk about the the other perspective uh, from all of this, and that is all this nonsense that I'm hearing about a retractable roof, maybe, and all this other stuff. Look, I, I get it, who's right? Who's paying for it, Sparky? Well, I don't That's even care. I, I don't even care who's paying for it. Like, I, I'm one thousand percent against that. Like, there should never be a roof on Lambeau. There should ne- or any stadium for the Packers. There should never be a roof on a stadium for the Bears. Like. That's just oh, that roof is coming, man. That Bobby is was ahead of his time. That is he, just he was ahead of his time on this. No, that just horrible. It's horrible because <laughs> as I was talking with Plucker about this earlier, Plucker and Dan Plucker, my executive producer, and he's like, "Hey, Spark, if they put a roof on that stadium for the Bears, now that allows them the opportunity to get the Super Bowl, and Correct. that's that's the biggest thing. But it also takes away the one lone home field advantage you have, which is snow and cold weather. You build yeah, that, now you're neutralized." A- Sparky, that's a myth. Like that's a, it is a myth. It's been a myth forever. The idea that the cold is some sort of advantage for the Bears that has not been the case ever. Well, your team it's, has to be better, though. I mean, obviously, but in general, I mean, you talk to Gary and Leroy, and they'll tell you stories about these guys that come up from these warm weather climates that hate it, don't want to deal with it, don't want to be in it, and it becomes a mental thing for a lot of these guys that play in Tampa Bay year round or play in Miami for a number of years or. Whatever the case may be, I, I think there where, is something where, to where, it. Where, where did Tom Brady grow up? Where did Tom Brady grow up? Where? In, in California. Yeah, but he played he in play New England for years. Football. Correct, and he had no problem with the weather. Well, wait a second. None. No, no, no. That's now. Hold on. I understand what you're saying, but he played in New England for a number of years. We're talking about a team coming here for a game and then going back to where they came from, not having a career in said place, but having a team travel up. I don't know. I mean, you have a bunch of guys on. You should ask right, some of these. Hold on. Let me, let, me, let me stay with Tom Brady for a second. Okay. Tom Brady came in here a few years ago. It had snowed all weekend. It was minus 20 degrees. And everyone was like, oh, well, this will be a, 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 a low-scoring game. They put up 28 points in the first quarter in the snow. Mm-hmm. Oh, he plays you, in the snow in New England. My, my point is, is that it's never been a home field advantage for the Bears. But again, y'all have to never. be – but you just have to be better in general, though. It has nothing to do with the weather. Yes. Y'all just aren't and, very good. And, and, what, and what these coaches would tell you is that they would prefer to have a fast track instead of a slow one. And, and a, a dome stadium would give them that opportunity to do that. Yeah. They, they don't, and, and you're thinking about it from a football perspective. Do you think that the McCaskies are thinking about it from a football Absolutely perspective? Absolutely not. No, no. They're thinking about it from a business perspective. They're not just thinking about a Super Bowl, Sparky. They're thinking about a Final Four. Concerts, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, no question. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just looking from a football perspective. Money. Yeah, and I know. Football, from a football standpoint, it doesn't matter if this Bears team or any Bears team that's coached by Matt Nagy is playing in the elements or playing inside or playing on a boat or playing on the moon or playing on Jupiter. They're not no damn good. No, they're not any good. No, and he's a good per, good portion of the reason why they're not any good. Uh, I saw earlier today uh, that the game time decision of Dalton versus Fields. What's your gut say? Ridiculous. Like the whole thing is ridiculous. Like he, Dalton has been limited in practice all week. He's been dealing with a bone bruise. You're either going to send a hobbled 
Andy Dalton out there to try and prove a point that your offense works, or you're going to give the kid another chance and maybe, just maybe, you put a game plan together that better suits him nah. instead of saying, Justin Fields, let's run this Andy Dalton playbook where you stay in the pocket all game yep. and let these guys tee off on you. It is one of the worst coaching jobs I've seen in my career of covering football. What happened last week? We don't know who the play caller has been, for, for who's going to be this week, because Matt Nagy decided that he's going to be coy, and it was strategic, and they don't want Dan Campbell to know whether it's him or Bill Lazor who's calling the plays. We don't know who the quarterback is. We'll find out. It'll be a game-time decision. All of it is ridiculous. They've had this plan, and their plan is they want to play Dalton because they think Dalton gives them the best chance to win. My question is, win what? What, what exactly does he give you? Does he give you the best chance to win nine games? Yeah, he probably does. And is that going to be good enough to, to keep your job? Maybe, and that's what it seems like they're on. They, they, they think that they can show, like, incremental growth of, oh, well, we were eight-win team the last couple of years. Now we've got nine wins. We're moving in the right direction. No one here is buying that, and the question is, are, are the McCaskies and Ted Phillips the ones who are buying it? Because they, they seem more concerned about getting the business of football done than the business of football. I mean, again, I'm not a Bears fan, and I, I don't do sports talk radio in Chicago, but I, I've done it here with the box and a horrible franchise here for a number of years, and there were years I wanted them to lose. I didn't want them to win. We had a whole fan base at the end of a Buck season hoping they lost. That was the year that Odin and Durant came out and Al Horford. It was the only year the Bucks were the third-ranked team, and they essentially said, Michael Red, hangnail, you're going to sit. You're not playing. All of this, right? They did everything they could to get themselves into that situation. It was the only year to that point that all three teams that should have been in the top three fell out of the top three. So instead of being three and taking Al Horford possibly in that draft, they end up at six and take Taking E.G. on Leon. That's how it worked out. That's that franchise. The best thing that could happen to your franchise is Matt Nagy gets fired. So that means losing to the Lions and losing to everybody else in order to get that accomplished. If I were in Chicago, I think that's where I'd be at at this point. One of my colleagues, Danny Parkins, that's where he's at. He's rooting for them to lose. Yep. And, and the thing is, is that I would rather they lose with the development of Justin no, Fields. No, 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 because if they lose with the development of Justin Fields, then that's the out of, hey, we got a rookie quarterback, all these other rookie quarterbacks are struggling, it's going to be a process, let us figure it out. If he loses with the vet Andy Dalton, there are no excuses. All the excuses that, you know, we paid $10 million to Andy Dalton, what were we going to do, put him on the bench? Well, I guess. I guess there's an excuse for all of this. At the end yeah, of the day, they and, just got to fire and, him. And, so. and don't you worry. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace will find all of them to present to Virginia and George and Ted Phillips at the end of this year. Just horrible. They'll find them all. Maybe the best thing is is to have somebody else buy that franchise. Maybe that is the best way out. Hey, man, I don't know how many of the – and there's – I mean, there's literally been discussions from, from what's been reported from people that I know that are closer to it than I am. It's not my reporting, but there have been discussions among those – family members about what do we do like do we keep this team or or do we sell it it's it's a hard thing to think that the the descendants of the founder of the league would walk away from owning the chicago bears but i mean you you turn a hundred dollar investment into a five billion dollar profit i i don't see why you wouldn't 
If, if it were up to me, it'd be, it'd be something I'd be thinking about. As I'd, more and more children get born and more and more people end up having a stake in this, let's just cash out right now. Sell it to Mark Cuban. Let him run it. Just let, let Mark Cuban come in and buy it. He'll make a ton of money, and he won't be nearly as – he won't run it nearly the same way. And you'll get everything you asked for, the development, the stadium, top-notch, across the line, the whole deal, uh, and it would be amazing probably. Last, it, last time I checked, Shark Tank said that the NFL was ready for a fall. I don't know if you want to see that now. <laughs> All right. You're, right? Did, didn't he say that it, Yes, he did. That, that they were going to stop printing money? Wasn't that, that 10 years ago when he said that? But that's just setting up to lower some values so you can buy an NFL team. That's all. It was all strategic, Lawrence. All strategic. Uh, uh. At Lawrence W. Holmes, uh, new to two on 670 The Score, House of L Podcast. I appreciate you so much for coming on, man. Thank you. All right, Sparky. Be good, man. Have a good weekend. There he is, Lawrence Holmes, on the Great Midwest Bank. Hotline of applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. That's why I had him on. I had not heard the angle of the McCaskies buying this land to sell this team. That's a new one, a different one. And coming up next, speaking of new and different, it's Rami Makhlouf in the Rami Show. He comes up. We'll find out what's coming up on his show at 3, straight ahead. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. Plenty of football and baseball to watch right now. And the place to be to catch all that action and create your own sporting action is Q Club of Wisconsin. Not only do they have plenty of TVs to watch the games on, but you can play your own games. They're a huge entertainment game room. Indoor bocce ball, darts, pool tables, table tennis. That would be ping pong. All, all kinds of different stuff. Lots and lots of pool tables, too, while enjoying awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings. Plus, they're Wednesday and Friday. Hey, today's Friday. Fish fries. Fish fry tonight. Q Club of Wisconsin piled up <laughs> with all the extras. I make Robbie cringe every time I do it. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Robbie Makloff is here telling me about his cool night. So tell everybody else what happened last night. So Laura Bites, 
Milwaukee comic. She went. That's to her L- real last name. That's is her Bites. real last name. Yes. Oof. She went no to L.A. She's a comic. She went to L.A. and she blew up. She's like on late night talk shows, Comedy Central, Showtime, That's awesome. blah blah blah. She moved all- out there with a gig in place, or moved out there. No, homeless? She, moved, she moved out there with like nothing. She moved oh out there and was God. like waiting tables or whatever and doing comedy. The guts and uh, lots of guts on that a, one. A year ago, she was finally able to quit comedy. Like she was fi- or able to quit her. How day long had job she and- been out there? Oh, a good four or five years. So it took her four or least. five years to break through and make yeah. enough money to where she didn't have to wait tables or whatever she was doing. At least. All so right. she, it was like her homecoming last night at the improv. And literally, like the whole Milwaukee comedy scene came out to support. Like a bunch of kids, in my eyes, kids who have come, old. Yeah, who yes. don't don't even know her, just know right. she's a Milwaukee comic who went out there and made it and yep. and Th- thought that was c- the whole comedy scene came out last night, dude. And the-, the place was packed, and it was it was just a really cool night. It was a really cool night. Milwaukee for... Improv had to be pretty excited by that. Yeah, they were real happy, dude, and they are very very warm and welcoming over there. That's awesome. It was I amazing. Mean, it then had a tear in her eyes knowing all these people that showed up to support her coming back. Yeah, and I saw I showed you a picture. There yeah. was like a ton, eight or ten people who I started doing comedy yep. with eight years ago, and we haven't all been in the same place, same time in a good five years. So it was really That's nice cool to game. catch up with everybody. It was really, really fun. Really That's good. That's awesome. Warmed my heart. Uh, so what do you have on the Today Show, Ron? On today's show, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, every Friday, every football Friday here on the Rami Show, we ask you for a recipe for a Packers win and a recipe for a Packers loss. So that's where we'll start. Uh, all right. Uh, that that's good. I, I like I said yesterday. I didn't throw them, Don't roll the helmets off. But if we're gonna go with the recipe for a loss, because we all know how much I think they're gonna kill this team, that is always a possibility. Okay, man. let's, that let's is say always a possibility. So loss, yes, right? Yes. Recipe for a loss. Yes. Rogers gets hurt. How could <laughs> like breaks a leg or something? Shut up. That that's breaks a collarbone. Shut up. Arm. Shut up. Right. Just shut up. Just stop talking. That's what you you said. <laughs> That's a recipe for them to lose. Well, that's a recipe. Just shut up. Just, he breaks something. That's not the only way that they lose. Aaron Lag, Rogers, collarbone, Aaron Rodgers could be healthy and standing at the end of four quarters, and the Packers are still on the wrong side of the scoreboard. It's possible. Okay. It is then, possible. Then I. Alexander gets hurt. Oh, my God, dude. Because the receivers have to be an injury. It doesn't have to be an injury. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. No, I'm It's going to have to legitimately be taking one of their better players out. It's going to have to be corner or the quarterback, I think, because they got their wide receiving quarterback healthy now for the first time, I think, maybe all year. So now we'll see what their offense really looks like. Their offensive line stinks. Their left tackle is not very good. They can't run block. They struggle pass blocking. Like, again, I'm telling you, they should kill this team. They should kill this team. And again, but you act Pittsburgh, like they're going against a good defense. All those things you just said about Pittsburgh's offense is true, but we're that sure that this Packers defense is fixed and. and- uh- and is better than that? I, I think they're going to be on Ben. Is a tough matchup I even think, for a bad offense? I think they're going to be on Ben all night. Okay. Or all afternoon. I do. I think they're going right. to be all over him. Now, he's a big dude. So the first guy might not be able to pull him down. But I think he they're really going to. He really is a horse. Uh, yes. He is just uh, so, a horse of a man. You know, he may break some sacks and break away, break some tackles and get away from some sacks, but they're going to be right there with him, I think, all afternoon. And really, I and think- Kenny Clark, if he plays like he did last week. Good night. I'm not saying he's still Ben Roethlisberger because he's not because he's not mobile at all anymore. He used to he used to be able to move around the pocket, extend plays. It's not and as accurate either. Always good at moving up in the pocket and finding guys while he's moving. He's but actually Ryan Clark. I saw him breaking it down on uh, Get Up this morning. He's he's been more accurate than people think, and uh, there, there's a reason why his numbers don't look great. I'll get into that oh, in the Rami show. But he broke it down. He was showing tape and showing that a lot of these passes and hot like. 
high level of, of difficulty type of passes that Ben Roethlisberger is putting on his receivers. So, we'll, But we'll get into all that. That's coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur at 3.30. Ryan Horvat, our guy from BetMGM tonight, he's here at 3.45. 4 o'clock, Sparky. This is a good question for you because the Bucks have, like, changed you. You're a different person now than you used to be just a few months ago. It's um, been a lot more than just that. But do, you, yeah. do you feel better or worse about the Brewers' playoff chances today than you did about the Bucks' playoff chances when they started their run? Prior to the postseason for both? Yeah. Like, as the playoffs were starting. Because the playoffs are starting. I mean, who cares about um, this week? Yes. What, what do you mean, yes? Do you feel yeah. better or worse? Yeah I, I, yeah, I think I do feel better for the Brewers. You feel Brewers. better about the Brewers' chances than you did about it's, the Bucks. It's. I mean, they are kind of similar. I guess I haven't really thought about it. That's why uh, I do what I do. From the perspective of the questions, no you know, I had questions about the Bucks being the Nets. I didn't think they could. Uh, then the Bucks end up, or the Nets end up not being able to play all three guys and had injury situations. Uh, and the Bucks are able to get through them in seven. Dodgers don't really have injury situations. Dodgers spent all the money, got all the name value, name brand, whatever else. But I always say this: No, they don't have an MVP player, right? Like uh, Braun, the cheater, mm-hmm. or Yelich when he was good. So you don't have that guy. I think their Giannis is their starting three. Yes. Peralta, Woodruff, Burns. That's their Giannis, right? Their Middleton is like hater. That that's kind of who he is. The issue for them is going to be that hitting. That's a great analogy. Where that's where a really good analogy? Where where is the hitting going to come from? And do you have enough? I usually and, don't like your analogies. That's a good one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, in the postseason, scores tend to be lower. At least that's what it tends to be. I think. I haven't researched it. I haven't checked the numbers. No, you're to right. me, you're right. that's what it kind of feels like. Runs go down. The percentage Correct. of runs by the home run go up. Which is good for the Brewers if yes. that's how it happens. But So we'll see how this goes. They, aren't gonna, they shouldn't have to score five or six runs to win games. They shouldn't. If they do, they're going to lose. You will, just not consistently. There right. will be a game or two where you have to score five if or six runs If the Dodgers are putting up five or six every game, the Brewers lose that series. Well, no, they're not putting up five or six on this no. staff every game. That's not no, no offense is doing that. Fine, I'm with you. I'm just saying, yeah. if that gets to that point, they're screwed. Then. That Devin Williams thing, though, man, that's not good for them. That's not good for them. Uh, no, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I mean, it bothered me when I first heard it. But Ashby's more than capable of, of pitching the eighth. No, no now dude. what I'm concerned about. You don't just do what the Brewers have done because and 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 just oh we got another guy who could do that. No, you don't. They have you, so many. arms I know they got me. arms, Sparky, but so they're not. Many. They're not Devin Williams. What I'm t- you don't you don't convert seventy of seventy four games that you're leading after seven innings because Devin Williams is not special. Can I ask you a you question? Know what I mean, let me ask you a question. Yes. If Ashby goes in there, shuts it down. They win the World Series without Devin Williams. Uh-huh. There's no issues in the eighth or ninth the whole sure. way. Does that devalue Devin Williams? Um, to the Brewers, maybe. But I think other teams will still look at him and go, that's a guy who can get out slate and get Well, I still want Devin Williams back next year. Sure. But, I mean, based on how you're, you're kind of throwing it out there, like, well, you just can't replace him. I don't know, I think man. if you're the Brewers, Ashby, you go, well, we got another guy who can do it. Ashby yeah, that, is that, really good. That brings down his value a little bit to the Brewers, but he's still a high-value guy in this well, game. He's under contract for like four or five more I know. years. I'm like, just That's the only way that his – that's the only sense in which his, he's devalued. In the, you know right. what I mean? No, they struggle in the eighth. That's fine. I had Vinny Rotino on yesterday, I, and he says Boxberger's going to be the eighth-inning guy. And then Ashby will be that bridge guy, fifth, sixth, sixth, seventh, to get Bachberger's to Boxberger in the eighth. Been bad in September. He has not and played well in did September. Did not look good in that eighth inning role when they tried him. So out. for me, I hope it's Ashby in the eighth and not Boxberger. But we'll see. But I, am I worried about it? No, I'm not too worried about it. And any other year, probably when they didn't have as many arms, I would be. I'm not as concerned. I think they have enough arms to overcome it. I think Alan, they'll be all right. We'll hear from Alan Lazard at 4 30. I really like that dude. 
I really like Alan Lazard. We're going to hear from him at 4.30. That dude. Jersey? Huh? Go on Jersey. A what, what do you mean a jersey? Packer Lazard jersey. Why would I want a Packer Lazard jersey? You said you liked him. There's only one Packers jersey that I will ever wear. Rodgers. No. Really? Yes. You're like the president of that I'm, dude's fan club. I just know a good quarterback when I see one. That's all that no, is. No, you don't. You're a Bears fan. Yeah, exactly. So you, I, you I have no idea what a good I quarterback looks like. I appreciate a good quarterback unlike a lot of you people. Leroy Butler. Yes. Not Gary? I'll wear Leroy Butler's jersey when he goes to Canton. He doesn't like Gary. I'll wear. Did Leroy you know this? Butler. All these years we I'll, worked together, he never liked Gary. I'll wear Leroy Butler's jersey when he goes to Canton. All due respect, Gary is not going to Canton. <laughs> I love the dude, and he's played and he's played football uh, at a higher level than me he, or anyone is, within the sound this, of my voice. This is the and dude, and he knows you the, want on weekly on your show. <laughs> good night. You can kiss that one. Good. Bye. And there's no allegedly because this one is being recorded. You're done. With that, before he insults Gary any further, no, we'll move on. No, 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 no. The Rami Show no, coming no, no. up at three. Right go. will be here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 